When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. On TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game. Nikita Paris running into the air, it's still Nikita Paris, left footing. World-beating, big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. We're loving it, we're absolutely loving it, it's brilliant. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Hello and welcome to Women's Football Weekly with me, Faker Others, where we're continuing to talk about women's football in these unprecedented times with the outbreak of the coronavirus. This week, though, we're reacting to the news that all of women's football in England below the top two divisions has ended for the season. We go behind the scenes as well with England manager Phil Neville and find out what life's like in his house whilst on lockdown. It's been really fun. We've been doing all types of activities. We've got the cricket bat and ball out. I think we're playing badminton. We're actually training probably twice. And our player of the week joining you this evening is England and Arsenal forward Beth Mead. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Right, so this week we're asking you, the listeners, what was the first ever women's football game you attended? Where was it? Who did you go with? Tweet us about your first game memories to at TalkSport2 or by using the hashtag TSWFW and we'll read out all your tweets throughout the show. Now, very strange times we're living in at the moment. You're all probably staying in, unless you're a key worker, of course, and you may be wondering how the players are coping while they're staying at home. Are they taking to social media, maybe? getting in on this Zoom and house party uh, apps to chat to each other. What are they doing to keep fit as well? Well, let's find out. Good evening to England and Arsenal forward Beth Mead. Welcome to the show, Beth. Great to finally get you on as well. How are you? Yeah, I think we've struggled to get on for a while, but no, I'm really happy to be on the show. I know, just a few weeks ago, we thought we'd get you in on the building face to face the last time i saw you was on england duty it's been a it's been a wee while and you've been out with this knee injury since february as well so how actually are you doing i'm not doing too bad um yeah i mean it was frustrating to get the injury obviously timing and missing she believes uh, cup which is obviously a great cup to be a part of um yeah so it's been a little bit frustrating but my rehab's been going really well it's actually my week seven of my rehab at the moment and yeah it's going well I've actually had my first run on Saturday which was quite nice my hourly run that I'm allowed um 
so yeah, so far so good with the injury. How has the coronavirus impacted your return to fitness? I saw that you tweeted out the other day asking for a what bike to, to continue your rehab. Yeah, it's been difficult, um, obviously because we're not allowed into the club and stuff and um, there's only a number of what bikes available. It was quite hard to get hold of one through the club. Um, they were working really hard to get us one, but I was, yeah, basically I wasn't allowed to run. So for my cardio, to try and keep myself as fit as possible, I needed a bike, um, which was quite important in my rehab. Yeah, um, I managed to go and get myself one, actually, just before everything kind of locked down and yeah. it arrived before we were properly on lockdown. So I got very lucky, but much less essential for me than it is for you. I mean, that is the kind of thing you would expect Arsenal to be able to, to organise for you. Why weren't they able to, to get that? I mean, I think it's kind of caught everyone off on surprise and I don't think there was obviously really a plan in place because you can't expect things like this to happen, you know. You would you wouldn't think it would happen. Um, yeah, kind of, we were training in the the Arsenal training ground and then all of a sudden we were told we can't go, like it's on lockdown, we're not allowed into the facility, so it's been quite hard to get hold of anything. You did, um, did manage to get one though, didn't you? Yeah, I was lucky enough that uh, Gary Lewin, who's um, been a physio at Arsenal for a lot of years, he's not obviously, he, he used to be with the men's side, I was lucky enough that his clinic had a bike and it actually shut down the clinic, so... He reached out to me after seeing my message and said that I could have it during, obviously, the time of how long, however long this is going to be for. It, it's, it's been really difficult for everyone, hasn't it? Because the majority of women's players don't seem to have home gyms. Um, some of you have had to plead on social media for equipment and, and weights as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. You don't want to be doing these things, but at the same time, I want to be trying to do the utmost I can to be getting myself back to full fitness, hopefully before the league starts again. And to do that, I need the weights, I need the bike. And yeah, luckily enough, I can start running now, which is a little bit more cardio work for me. But yeah, it was vital in me keeping fit. And as the other girls who are already fit will also need. So yeah, it's been difficult. Um, you get a little bit embarrassed to have, have to ask. But I mean, like my... Um, Don Scott, the England uh, SNC coach, said to me, if you don't ask, then you don't get. And Shy Ben's get nothing, which we say up north. So. Yeah. <laughs> My uncle lives up north. He's been saying that to me for years. I love that phrase. Yeah. And she's uh, absolutely right. Yeah, no, she is. Um, yeah, she kind of gave me the little shove that I maybe needed, but I'd missed out on a week of being able to do that. And if I maybe put it out a bit earlier, maybe I would have got access to a bike earlier. But yeah, this is what happens and you've got to make light out of bad situations sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. How much support are Arsenal giving you? It sounds like you're in touch with the with the England setup, but what about your, your domestic club? You know, Arsenal have been amazing as well. We have um, a weekly call with everyone on, um, updating us on what's happening, what's happening with UEFA, with the FA, just try to keep us up to date as much as possible. And then we we actually have mini groups, which we have a staff member in charge of, in a WhatsApp group and then we do a call a week with that as well. So there's like a group of five players just to keep in touch with each other, make sure everyone's doing okay mentally and physically. Um, so, yeah, they're doing the most they can. You know, our SNC coaches are dropping off weights and stuff and they can get hold of them. And oh. It's difficult at the moment to get access to pictures. It's kind of difficult.
like that. So our S&C coaches are working really hard with that and keeping us updated. But local football pitches, are, a lot of the girls' ankles probably... I mean, we've got the luxury of playing on carpets at the moment. So as soon as we play on a pitch that's a little bit bobbly, the girls' ankles are a little bit all over the place. So... Yeah, you, yeah you, there's a few barriers at the moment. Yeah, you don't need any extra help with with, with injuries, certainly. No, no, <laughs> we really don't. So, so who else is in your WhatsApp group then? So in our mini WhatsApp group, we have me, Leah Williamson, Danielle van der Donk, Victoria Snaderback and Caitlin Ford. So I actually texted Leah Williamson earlier on today, um, telling uh-huh. her you were on the show. We were talking Sudoku because she loves a bit of Sudoku to yeah, keep herself she calm. She well, what's everybody else been doing? I think a lot of us have um, jumped on TikTok at the moment. I don't know if anyone's seen any of the videos that we've been putting out, but... Um, What's your I best move? Just, uh, I, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I'm not a dancer at all. Um, yeah, we're just being a little bit silly, but it's it's making each other laugh at the moment when we're sending them. We might not have actually put them on social media, but we're sending them amongst each other and... We seem to be making each other laugh. So. I dare you. I want to see one. I want to see a Beth, <laughs> a Beth Mead non-dance move oh. as soon as possible, please. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, listen, stay with us. I, I just want to hear from your Lionesses boss, Phil Neville, because yeah. he was on speaking to Hugh Wozencroft on kickoff on Talk Sport. Uh, this was an interview that came before today's Olympics announcement, by the way. But he talks about his thoughts on the 2021 European Championship and also how he's been supporting you, the player during this tough period? I think at this moment in time, football goes on the back burner. We came back from America probably just as it was about, just mm. as the virus was just probably kicking off. So there was obviously a lot of probably worry and, and, and concern about whether we were all carrying the virus. Look, 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 fortunate that we were. We all got went back to our families and then it coincided with all training being stopped. So so what we've what, what we've tried to do is is to give the players a little bit of distance. And, and all the girls are training on their own like they can do. Uh, I've got to say that, that it would be great if, if they could have some equipment at their house, like what bikes and stuff like that, that unfortunately they don't have the, mm. the finances or, or probably the power to go out and get. So so that's been a challenge for the girls. But ultimately, they're training still like, like, like they've never done before. And this is a period where, as a footballer, I think it's maybe a period where you can switch off and you just focus on the most important thing and that is your family because we don't get many times like that. So we, we, we give them some distance, but they know that the support is there. Now, those of us that are missing football can't wait for it to return. We were having a chat the other night about what could happen next summer with the Euros, the men's Euros being moved yeah. to next summer. Of course, it's, it's the Women's European Championship in 2021 as well. I came up with an idea. I wanted to know what you think about it to have the two tournaments coincide with one another so that we can have days where we can watch women's games and days where we can watch the men. What do you think? Well, look, I think that is that is a dream scenario. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously, being being involved in the discussions that are being taken place at this moment in time is that I think there are a number of things. Can can the country cope with with such uh, such big events? Will will one tournament dilute the other? We we, we want big crowds at both events. I think mm-hmm. I think the twenty twenty one women's Euros. I mean, the first game was, was is going to be at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we want every game to be sold out. We want there to be a carnival of football, and if 
that means that we have to put it back a year, if that's the best thing for football, for society, uh, for people to be able to afford to go to both games, both tournaments for both genders in, in a time where probably finances are going to be really stretched. I, th- I think we've got to uh, look at the bigger picture and I, and I know that the UEFA are, are daily, daily in contact with the FA to make sure that they do the right thing. I think we've done the right thing with the Olympics uh, in terms of putting it back a year uh, and, and I'm, sure that, I'm sure that the powers that be will make the right decisions. England manager Phil Neville there and, and Beth, he did make a, a, a nod to that Um the IOC confirmed today that Tokyo 2020 will now be held from July 23rd, 2021 to the 8th of August. That clearly is going to have an impact on the women's Euros as well. What, what do you think, from a player's perspective, is the best decision UEFA can make? Um, I think, I mean, it's a tough one, you know. Everything seems to be so crazy right now, but yes it's frustrating that the Olympics has to be pushed back, the men's Euros does but I think if we're coinciding with what everybody else are doing I think we the best measure to take would be to push it back another year, the Euros and we actually have you know, the limelight a little bit on the women's game in England and it not coincide with the men's game you know, and I'm sure they will probably want the same, you know, they want everyone to hype around the men's Euros and then Everyone want to hype around the women's game. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing that they could do is push it back a year. But obviously it's frustrating for us as footballers, you know, and the, and especially other countries that are at the moment, you know, qualifying for it and they've got to wait another year. So it's not the ideal situation, but, yeah, it's probably the best pick out of them. Out of a bad scenario. Yeah, absolutely. That that seems to be the general consensus because when, when we saw the uplift and the excitement from the World Cup, it was because there was nothing else going on in um, 2019 and people were fully focused on the women's game and there would be more of an overwhelm, um, so much sport in one year if everything was held in 2021. But this is crucial, isn't it, to make sure that there is, you know, attention specifically on the women's game to continue this growth curve we've seen? Yeah, no, it definitely is. You know, um, I know girls who will probably think we're getting a little bit older probably won't agree with me saying an extra year. But um, no, I think, yeah, the women's game's growing massively at a great pace. And, you know, we want to put everything into the women's game and, you know, the tournament to be around the, the women completely. And like you said, in 2019, the World Cup was incredible. The support we got, as an England team and other countries received and yeah the attendances at games were, were great and that's what we want to move into the Euros so I think yeah moving forward it's the best thing for the women's game Absolutely now we've seen this past week um, Beth Mead Arsenal and England uh, forward joining us here on Women's Football Weekly by the way you've seen this week Beth that the FA have decided to void all of women's football from the third tier and below firstly do you think that they made the right call. Um, Secondly, you started your career at Sunderland, as did many of the current crop of Lionesses as well. 11 points clear at the top of the FA Women's National League Northern Premier Division. Devastating for them uh, as well. Was it the right decision to make? I mean, for the way that this virus is going at the moment, yes, I do think it is. And, yeah. I mean, everything's up in the air with obviously the championship and Super League. Um, you know, that could still, um, looking most likely at this moment in time, is going to happen to us as well. I mean, it's not the ideal scenario the FA want. And 
yeah, I'm sure they have lots of options that they want to do. But as a footballer, you want to play football and you want your league and you want to finish off competi- cup competitions and the league. So yeah, I de- as a player, it's not it's not ideal, far from ideal. But for the health and safety of fans, players, coaching staff, whoever may be involved, I think it is the best decision going forward. Yeah, absolutely. There are bigger things at play. But in terms of the WSL and what's been going on this season, you're obviously, you know, in the top three uh, fighting with Manchester City and Chelsea um, for the for the title. How tough would that be if the season had to be voided as the other tiers have been? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't really know how it works out with for the following season, you know, which two teams would qualify for Champions League. Is it the current two that are there at the moment? Um, there's a lot of unanswered questions that come with it, you know. And um, I mean, as a player, being injured at the moment, I want to play football again. So I mean, of course, I want to be playing back on the pitch. But yeah, um, I guess it's like a you've got to see what happens at the moment. You know, it's like a daily thing of how well things are going. You know, like we're in lockdown in England. It's three week with review. You know, it's kind of like that for the for the league. You know, we've got to see how everyone's health and how things are moving forward yeah absolutely just finally before you go Beth we're asking listeners throughout the show what their first ever women's game was where was it and who they were with so loads of listeners have already told us that you featured in their first ever game scoring wonder goals and all sorts but what was your first game and your memories of it my dad will be able to tell you the exact place time who who was playing etc I remember my first game was I went to watch Arsenal I think they were playing in the middle of the country somewhere, which is quite close to being up north. Um, I, w- I went with my dad. My dad took me to a game. Um, I wanted to go and watch Kelly Smith, who was a hero of mine growing up. Um, and we actually got there, I think, 10 minutes late to the game. We got stuck in traffic. And when I got there, Kelly had actually been sent off. So I didn't even get a chance to see her play, which was a bit gutting. But, um, yeah, I mean, I stood and spoke to her on the sideline. And yeah, she she spoke to me a little bit. I mean, I was a little bit shy at the time and people probably won't believe that knowing me these days. But um, yeah, that was my early memory. I don't actually remember who Arsenal were playing and I don't know where it is. But if you if you ask my dad, he would um, know every specific detail. Amazing. Have you spoken to Kelly about it since? Yeah, I think uh, when I actually first signed for Arsenal, my dad actually mentioned it. So um yeah, I don't think she probably remembered either. I was just probably a little girl who was nervous to meet her, which... Um, is many yeah. young girls going to their first women's game. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you thank yeah. you so much for joining us, Beth. Thank really you wish you well as well for the remainder of the season and for the rehab, and hopefully we'll get you on again soon. Perfect. Take Thanks care. Perfect. Thank you. That was uh, the thoughts of Arsenal and England forward uh, Beth Mead there. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Others. Don't forget, if you do miss any other show, you can catch up by subscribing to our new podcast. All episodes are available to download on Apple products and on Spotify as well. Uh, now, are the FA not taking women's football seriously by voiding the season for the National League? That's Barnsley's opinion. We'll be speaking to Molly Hudson from The Times about that next. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. 
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers. Tonight, we're asking you what was the first ever women's football game that you attended? Where was it? Who did you go with? Tweet us at TalkSport 2 or use the hashtag TSWFW with all your stories, just like Rebecca did. Lionesses versus Brazil at the Riverside last October with her dad, who's now been fully converted to a women's football fan and is following Arsenal and the Lionesses with me. Managed to meet two of my faves that day as well, Beth Mead and Leah Williamson. Nick Aitken as well, England versus Sweden at the under-19s Euros in Turkey back in 2012. He says, I think Beth Mead was playing. Sweden won 1-0 via a penalty. Of course, Beth Mead uh, was on with us earlier on. Um, and Olivia, the first women's football match that I went to was the FA Cup final of 2016 at Wembley. This was the match that Dan Carter scored a beautiful top corner goal that secured Arsenal a 1-0 win over Chelsea. I went with my dad and my friend and it still gives me goosebumps to this day. Thanks for all your tweets keep them coming at talk sport too right let's turn our attention to the big story of the week being that all of women's football in england uh, below the top two divisions that's the wsl and championship will end immediately so that means no promotion or relegation in any of those leagues in a statement the fa said our primary concern will always be for the safety and welfare of clubs players staff officials volunteers and supporters during this unprecedented time today's steps take into account the financial impact during this uncertain period whilst considering the fairest method on how the sporting outcomes for the season will be decided with the integrity of the leagues in mind uh, let's speak to molly hudson from the times on this uh, molly what are your thoughts do you think the decision is fair? I just think it's with everything in this pandemic at the moment, it's just really, really difficult. And it feels as though whatever you do in this scenario, somebody's going to come out of it feeling as though they've kind of been unlucky. And I think that's the case here, really. Uh, the IOC have today announced dates uh, for the new um, Olympics. It's still going to be called Tokyo 2020, but it will be played in 2021. And they say the dates will be from the 23rd of July 2021 up until August the 8th. Um, that is going to have implications, obviously, for the Home Euros 2021, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just inevitable now, really, that the Women's Euros um, moves to 2022. Um, I was listening to what Beth was saying earlier on. It, it just feels as though that will be the best way for the women's game to get a kind of fair showing really I just think it was possible to maybe do a men's Euros and a women's Euros but now you've got the Olympics in that summer as well I just think it it would be too much sport which seems such a ludicrous suggestion at the moment as it, we all uh, float around with no sport at all but it, uh, I think there would be a clash a though wouldn't it in terms of them getting to Tokyo all the you know the timings and everything I just couldn't see how it would work no, and exactly, and that's the thing as well with, with the uh, with the nations that would be in both of those. It would just be a bit of a logistical nightmare, I think. And I think as as difficult it is to to put put it back again uh, for that year, I think it's probably the best solution. And hopefully by that time as well, everything domestically will have will have got back in order as well, because obviously we've got to consider that maybe the next women's season could be impacted depending on when or whether we even finish this season. So I think by 2022, hopefully the uh, the kind of sporting landscape will be will be back to normal, really. 
Yeah, well, we are in that situation, aren't we? With the decision made um, that everything bar the top two tiers of women's football is effectively null and void, we are now facing the fact that the WSL and the championship um, could go that way as well. But let's talk about um, the lower leagues first of all. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's fair? And there are going to be certain clubs, obviously, that are going to lose out more than others because, you know, teams like Sunderland, 11 points clear and ready to be... Um, promoted to the championship for example yeah and i i think that's that's kind of like the the point i was making that it feels as though in this kind of scenario there's always going to be a winner and loser whatever you do i think and obviously in this case it's it's sunderland that the loser again which is it just feels so painfully unfair when it, when the news dropped earlier in the week and i was looking at the new uh the league tables that's that's the first thing you kind of look at um, and it, it it does just feel very unfair, but I guess it's it's one of those situations. What Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you do? Because obviously we're looking at still the Women's Super League and the championship going ahead. That is currently, you know, constantly under review because it feels as though every time you sort of name a date, it's going to get pushed back again because just because of, um, the pandemic and how it is at the moment, it's very hard to kind of put anything into place. And, and you understand that I was looking at those league tables and it's a games played that's quite difficult as well because um, a lot of those teams would have been impacted by the storms that we had earlier on in the season. So a lot of those, some teams might have played, say, 11, 12 games and others might have only played five. So yeah. then it becomes really difficult to, to do like a points per game kind of situation, which yeah. initially feels fairer, but then the games played means that that would then be unfair as well. Yeah, I mean, because I, I thought you could perhaps give them a head start for next season. So depending on where they were in the table, you know, you got, you know, um, 
12 points for top, etc., etc., all the way down. But again, exactly your point there. You can't really do that because, you know, particularly in the WSL, as using an example, um, there are between six and nine games to play, depending on the team there is so you can't really you can't really do that some clubs though really unhappy with this decision Barnsley I'm thinking in particular they play in uh, division one north of the National League they actually went as far as saying that the FA are discriminating against women and aren't taking women's football seriously what did you make of that for me I I find it really difficult because I completely understand where Barnsley are coming from and I can understand I mean I, I was speaking to the Ipswich manager Joe Sheehan and we saw how well they did in the FA Cup and obviously they would have likely got promoted and you completely understand how much time and effort has gone into these campaigns and how disappointing it is for it to just essentially be worthless now. But I think what's very difficult with Barnsley's viewpoint in particular is the discrimination against women because then you begin to compare the women's and men's tiers of football. Now, obviously, the, the Football League is, is the Premier League, the Championship League 1 and League 2, whereas... With us, we only have the Super League and the Championship that we consider our top two tiers. So already in the men's football, you have four of those tiers. So then to compare third and fourth tier of women's football to the Football League is very difficult because the structure and the standard is so different. So I think when you start comparing and saying, well, you know, tier three and tier four of men are doing this and tier three and tier four of women are doing this, I think it's it's hard to compare the two. So I think you can understand where the FA is coming from of just kind of every national league um, be kind of expunged. But then then again, obviously, you, you have the difficulties of, of the men's national league that are going into that football league that are still under review as to what happens. So it is, it's a very diff- difficult situation. But I would say that the FA, the conclusion they've come to isn't out of discrimination to women. I just think they were put into a very difficult position that nobody could have foreseen. And this is the outcome they've chosen. Just a couple of things before I let you go, Molly. Um, Claire Bloomfield wrote an interesting article for 442 magazine earlier, highlighting a number of worrying details of how the women's game are handling this crisis. Do you feel like there's a little bit of inexperience going on here? I mean, I know this is unprecedented, so nobody would have this experience, but it does feel as if there are some things that perhaps haven't been thought out. Uh, I think so. I think so. It's important to say that we've just um, earlier on this afternoon just had a press conference via Zoom with uh, Hope Powell and Fliss Gibbons at Brighton. Um, and they were amazing. And the media team has been amazing in terms of not only giving us the chance to speak to players about features and how they're going about their day to day life, but also actually to have the Zoom call um, where we can essentially have a press conference. And I think that's a really proactive step to get the message across that you want to get out and also to give us access in a time that actually women's football probably has the ability to have more space and, and more column inches and more, more force about it because there is no live sport going on. And I think I would certainly urge other clubs to consider doing that because that's a really positive step and, and off, the back of, off the back of that we've learnt that Brighton are providing all of their players with exercise bikes and they're providing plans with weights and footballs and anything their players need. And that's something really positive that we probably wouldn't have known if we hadn't have had that conference call. So I think it's just about getting the positive messages across. And I think sometimes it can be easy 
to shut off access or deny things when actually it, it's positive and you, you can gain a lot. And I think Brighton have, have done really well in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before you go, Molly, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. What kind of celebration are you able to do today? Well, uh, party in the kitchen, maybe. <laughs> party of one. Um, no, the, the women's football uh, reporters uh, are all going to have some Zoom drinks with me tonight. So that oh, would be lovely. Oh, I love it. Such a lovely group. A lovely group of, of men and women, a, a part of the pack, the women's football press pack. Have a wonderful time. I'll, uh, I'll lift a glass to you myself. And uh, thank you for joining us. Molly Hudson thank there you. from The Times. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers. Don't forget, any questions for us during the week, send them over to at Faker Rothers. If you miss any of the show you can catch up by downloading our brand new podcast next we'll be speaking to you the fans and hearing what you think should be done with the rest of the season women's football weekly with faker others hello this is farah from Medin fc women you're listening to the women's football weekly on talk sport 2 You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Others. Today we're asking you what was the first ever women's football game you attended? Where was it? Who did you go with? Here are some tweets that have already come in today. Esme says, my first football match was when Arsenal ladies played Liverpool away this year. I went with uh, the, my mother and it made my day when I met my idols, Beth Mead and Danielle van der Donk. Beth Mead featuring strongly in this today. She was uh, with us here on Women's Football Weekly earlier on. Junior Blues fan says, my first one was when Beth Mead was playing for Sunderland. I went with a good friend of the family and can't remember where I watched her. Yes, that's right, I'm a Newcastle United fan. Uh, Roshin Murray, uh, she says, Manchester City versus Manchester United, the Derby post-World Cup at the Etihad with a few pals. We were surrounded by City fans and I liked how I didn't get beat up for shouting United. Uh, tweet us at TalkSport2 or use the hashtag TSWFW with your stories and we'll read them out before the end of the show. Uh, now, for more reaction on the decision about the Women's National League season being declared null and void, Sunderland, who play in the National League Northern Premier Division, we mentioned them earlier, 11 points clear they were at the top of the table when this decision was made. We heard the thoughts of Arsenal forward Beth Mead, who started her career at the club. But let's head to the northeast to see what reaction is there. Richard Muneer is the Sunderland Echoes sports editor. Tough times, Richard. Evening, yes. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it was obviously a bit of a, um, I was going to say a bit of a shock announcement, but I suppose there had been murmurs that this, this might be a possibility last week. And uh, as you say, with, with Sun and Ladies being 11 points clear at the top, just loving the game in hand as well over second place derby, um, but also advancing the National League Cup final as well, which obviously now won't take place either. So Sun and Ladies having a really, really solid season. Um, that. um got a lot of uh, sort of claim and plaudits from fans up here and it's just really obviously disappointing and a real hammer blow and uh, you just have to feel for, for Mel and the, the squad and the ladies um, after the decision last week but um, I, I guess there's also an understanding that uh, you know the wider issues in the, in the world at the minute as well and Sullen kind of acknowledged that in their, their statement and they said they accepted the decision but but yeah um, heartbreaking nonetheless for, for those involved after such a um, successful season so far and they, they were well on the way there to um, at least being in with a chance of promotion. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what the reaction was. I mean, the club put out a statement, very understanding, but anecdotally, what's the real feeling? Yeah, mixed really. Um, a bit of frustration, a bit of anger, um, disappointment. Um, some kind of argued why, you know, why the, why the club didn't kind of appeal the decision. Um, 
others kind of say that potentially the you know you can just accept it given the the wider circumstances. We've also got South Shields up up in our part of the world who, in the men's game, are twelve points clear and a very similar situation. Um, and they were kind of heading towards promotion into the National League North, uh, and again they've obviously um, been denied promotion as well. Um, but they kind of went the other way and they've you know joined forces with the sixty three other clubs and. Um, trying to petition the FA to overturn the decision and things like that but but yeah at Sunderland it was it was very much the other way it was it was kind of more of an acceptance from the club but but yeah kind of amongst the fans I would say it's mixed mixed emotions a lot of, a lot of pride as well of how the Sunderland ladies have played and performed this season mm. um, I think anyone who's, who's seen them play would, would certainly back that up yeah absolutely financially though what kind of impact is it going to have how damaging could it be for the club yeah it's tricky at the minute because obviously Sunderland football club is up is up for sale and you know there's hopes that the takeover could be completed by the end of May or certainly by the summer despite the um, coronavirus pandemic so um, so it's difficult to kind of gauge the financial impact because we're not really sure kind of what level of support financially there the would have been from the current owners if they don't sell and or if they get new owners what kind of funding might may well be pumped into the into the ladies side of it so it is very much up in the air at the minute um, and obviously you've got to kind of pass all the, the various um, application process as well, haven't you? Which which Sunderland had applied for, so so yeah, just a lot of disappointment up in the northeast. Yeah, obviously a, a tough tough couple of years as well, Sunderland ladies, given the demotion a couple of years back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there has been a lot going on, and it, it looked like they were almost getting back to the promised land, if you if you like. I don't really like that phrase, but you know you know what <laughs> I mean. Um, especially because they've had so many rejections for 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 entrance into the WSL and and, and the championship as well. Is this going to spur the players on even more? Obviously, bearing in mind what the situation is with Sunderland and the takeover, if they were to to, to be able to go again, um, you know, is it going to spur them on to do? even better yeah you would, you would certainly hope so as I say they've got a real core of, of good quality players who um, you know some of who can, could clearly play in the, the league above I guess now you've got the other decisions in terms of individually to the players do they want to kind of stick with Sunderland and go again as you say and with a renewed determination or do they feel that they could and should be playing at a higher level so naturally I guess there might be a bit of a uh, bit of turnover there in terms of the squad as well but um, it's also things like landmarks and first goals, landmark appearances, debuts, all of that have now gone as well from the last season. So it's, yeah, it's just a really uh, tough decision for a lot of people to take, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Richard. That was Richard Manier, the sports editor for the Sunderland Echo. Uh, so with no live football, how are the fans doing during this period? Because it's been difficult for everybody, but, you know, fans with no live football, it's tough. Let's speak to one now. Manchester City fan and host of the Manchester City Women fan cast, Emma Meredith Stone. Uh, good evening, Emma. How are you doing? Um, and how are you finding life with no live football? Uh, hi, Ben. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm really good, thanks. It's just, uh, obviously, an unprecedented time. I mean, uh, it's hard to comprehend life without football, but we, we go on given the circumstances. It's um, difficult times. What, what have you been doing to fill the void? I've been working. <laughs> Funnily enough, I've been one of the, the lucky key workers that have been working hard, but um, I'm, I'm just getting on with life as normal at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I sort of work through the week and look forward to the football at the weekend. What, what do you do? 
I've just like everyone else, I've been staying in. I've been catching up with some podcasts and I've been re-watching some old matches. We've been doing some watch parties on online with some other fans as well, trying to interact with some fans that are, you know, looking to fill that football void. I'm just going to bring in uh, Kerry Evans as well from the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group. Uh, stay with us there, Emma. Kerry, how are you doing? We are just hearing from Emma how she's filling her time. What are your thoughts, though, for the rest of the season? I mean, Chelsea, one of three clubs in the title race, along with Manchester City. How do you think this big break's going to affect their chances if the season resumes? I, th- I think the Chelsea team are fine. I think they normally they're training or like, you see all the Instagram videos, so hopefully it should be OK. Yeah, they're doing plenty. Of, we're actually going to speak to Katie Chapman about the Instagram videos that they started uh, this morning. Um, obviously, Chelsea, the only team to have won silverware so far this season after lifting the League Cup. If the WSL season is declared void, have you heard anything that might suggest that the Conti Cup win could be taken away? I've heard, with, I heard, I've heard it's going to be kept, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you would think because all the fixtures have been have been played, then it's, yeah, they've all been played. That's what I've been told because all the fixtures have have been finished that we keep the cup. Yeah, absolutely, Emma. From a Manchester City perspective, what do you think should happen for for the rest of the season? I, I really hope we can just find a way to uh, see out the rest of the season, however they, that might be. I mean, obviously, we've got to take it day by day, week by week, and just see how the situation evolves. But I really do hope that the FA can find a way to to find the you know the conclusion of the season really yeah how would you feel because obviously the FA voided women's football from the third tier down if this lockdown continues how would you feel if they did the same to the WSL well I think first and foremost I think the health and, and well-being of you know players and staff fans you know comes first and obviously there are more important things than football um, at the moment but you know, I'd obviously be really disappointed. I think this season proves that it's been one of the most competitive seasons so far, and I think it would be good to see sort of how it prevails. Yeah, absolutely. What What are your thoughts, Kerry? I'm with the same with Emma. You, you want the the season to last, but everyone's health is far more important than football at the moment. Yeah, have you been um, coming up with some more songs? I know Chelsea are very renowned for for that fantastic songbook you give out at King's Meadow on a weekly basis. Any new songs come up? Well, luckily we made a new signing last week, so we're working on a new song for her. Excellent. I look forward to hearing that. (laughs) Just finally, before you both go, Emma, we're asking all fans, what was the first ever women's game you went to and who did you go with? Um... It was actually a, a, a women's international game. It was the England-Russia game at uh, Prenton Park. Uh, I think it was 2017. Um, I, I remember we won 6-0 and Tony Duggan scored a brace uh, and I actually went with my partner, Faye, uh, and we, it was great and just enjoyed it. And from then on, I've, I've kept up with going to as many international women's games as I can and um, you know, keeping up with, obviously, supporting City as well. Excellent. Same question to you, Kerry, before we go. Uh, yeah, mine was an international game as well, and it was um, England against Germany in 2014. I went with my dad. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us. Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group and Emma Meredith Stone, Manchester City fan and host of the Man City Women's Fan Cast. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Others. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading our podcast through your preferred podcast provider. Now, are you exercising enough? Because we're going to be speaking to a former England and Chelsea midfielder on how you can stay active next. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers. We're all getting used to having to spend more time at home than usual, aren't we, during this unusual period? Clubs like Chelsea, though, are coming up with ways to support their fans. Today, they've launched a video series called the Chelsea Challenge Programme. It's for adults and children to try and keep fit and active while they're stuck at home. Uh, one of the advocates for this is former Chelsea and England midfielder Katie Chapman. Katie, how are you? Um, very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. This is such a great programme, trying to keep fans active, still engaging them with the club as well while there's no football. Tell us exactly what's in these videos. What are you doing? Um, they're literally five-minute videos. That, that is a five-minute challenge um, of different exercises you can do to work different parts of the body, um, obviously doing it alongside one of the, the former women's players. Yeah, who, who have you got in tomorrow's video and who is in today's? Today's video is Magda and tomorrow is Sophie Ingle. Excellent. So all the players are on board with this, are they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all, yeah, we've filmed all the videos alongside the players. So there's recognition of Chelsea women as well as doing obviously the challenge. So any Chelsea support or anybody out there, adults or, or children can, can get, get on board and uh, enjoy it. Come on, who was the best? Me, of course. Obviously. <laughs> Chelsea legend, Chelsea and England legend. Of course you were the best. Whipping them all into shape, I'm sure. Uh, for the listeners who want to get involved, where can they find them? Uh, they can find it on, on most of the Chelsea um, platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and the Fish Stand app, if they've got that on their phone. The what app? Fifth Stand. Oh, so Fifth Stand. Fifth right. Stand, yeah. It's an app that you can obviously download onto your, your phone or tablet or any, any device. Um, yeah, and you can find out all the Chelsea information. Excellent. Well, I might be following you and Sophie Ingle tomorrow because I could do with a workout in, in the morning. What time are you normally releasing them? They're 7 o'clock in the morning they're being released. All right, that's a so, bit early. Yeah, and you can do it at any point. So, yeah, if, you, if you're having a lie and do it a little bit later, um, I think for me in the morning is great when I get up with my children. The first thing we do is exercise, which sets us up for the rest of the day. Excellent. It's a long day when you have children. Oh, yeah. Who needs Joe Wicks? You've got Chelsea <laughs> ladies instead. Absolutely. <laughs> Just on you, Katie, obviously as a former player... I mean, you won't have experienced anything like, like this. It, it's just unprecedented times, isn't it? So difficult for the players to be able to keep themselves fit and keep some kind of momentum. Yeah, it is. I think it's the unknown of everything, isn't it? We're not sure well, on the length of time that it's going to happen and we're going to be staying like this. So I think the unknown that makes it harder. I think um, and training really all of the time to not really play a game is, is hard too mentally. So I think they've got to try and keep themselves in it. I think for me, I, I, looking at that question, for me, the hardest time is retiring. I think this has been the only time that I've not played that much football since retiring. So I think it's been hard for me. So I can imagine what the players are like. Yeah, absolutely. Just finally, we're asking all, all people who've been on the show uh, tonight, what was the first women's football game that you attended as a fan and who did you go with? What was yours? Mine was actually an England game. It was England versus Germany. And I believe it was a, it was a mill, the den. Um, and I went with my dad and my twin sister. 
Lovely. Sounds fantastic. Let's get you on the show actually in the studio when all this is over and, and then we can chat properly about your career because it's been absolutely fascinating. But thanks so much for joining us, Katie, and telling no us problem. all about your fitness uh, videos. Chelsea Club legend Katie Chapman there. Before we leave you, we need to hear again from England boss Phil Neville. He was speaking to Hugh Woosencroft on kickoff about his love for the NHS. And while we've been hearing what everybody else has been up to while they're on lockdown, here's what Phil Neville's been up to. I've spent probably the last 20 years away from home for large periods and, and we've never had this amount of time together. Uh, we're actually looking at it from a positive point of view mm. in such horrendous moments that we get to spend quality family time apart from the probably 10 days off I have a year. I've worked probably four or five days away from home for the last two years since I got the women's job. So it's horrendous time. I think everybody hates it, but from a family point of view, we are... We are waking up together, we're eating together, we're training together and, and we're watching movies together, playing Monopoly together, Trivial Pursuit and, and, and we're trying to make it positive, that's all. You are a fit and active family, probably more so than any family in the country. Your son, of course, with United at the moment. What's the regime like? Are you the one cracking the whip or is it is it your wife, Julie? Well, it, 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 I've got to say, we, we, we spend each day doing something. My daughter, who's cerebral palsy, she's got her own individual fitness programme, so so each day we have someone someone leading the, the circuits that we're doing. My son obviously now is is the elite athlete and, <laughs> and I'm at the back of the queue. So uh, it's been really fun. We, we've been doing all types of activities. We've got the cricket bat and ball out. We're, I think we're playing badminton. We're actually training probably twice a day or doing activities twice a day because obviously with the weather and stuff, we found it really good as a family to, uh, you know they say, people that train together stay together. So that, that, mm. that's, what, uh, well, that's, what, that's the motto we're using. England manager Phil Neville there. So throughout the show, by the way, I'm off to buy myself a new uh, Trivial Pursuit board game if I can get one online somewhere. Don't forget, throughout the show, we've been asking what was the first ever women's football game you attended? Thank you, everybody who tweeted in. We had some fantastic uh, answers to that and some fantastic games as well. It's fast approaching 7 o'clock here, though, on TalkSport 2. Thanks to Arsenal and England's Beth Mead, our Man City and Chelsea fans, Emma and Kerry, journalist Molly Hudson from The Times and Richard Muneer from The Sunday Echo, as well as Chelsea and England legend Katie Chapman. Remember, Women's Football Weekly is now a podcast, so if you missed any of the show, you can subscribe to it. It's available on Spotify and iTunes. In the meantime, though, uh, we will be back next week from 6 until 7 on TalkSport 2, but please stay safe and stay indoors. Women's Football Weekly. It was a goal that set her career alive. On TalkSport 2.